Good morning, everyone, and welcome. I'm Matt Lyle, and today is Wednesday, July 1st, and this is episode 20, and the final episode of the Coffee with Coach Lyle show, where I try to help athletes, coaches, and parents around the world tackle the challenges of life and athletics. If you're just tuning in this morning, just like every morning, let me know if you're tuning in by hitting that like button. Uh, we're trying to get to 300 likes every morning, and you guys have done incredible. Uh, yesterday, we, we destroyed the record uh, for the most likes, so thank you. Uh, on a personal note, I just want to thank everyone who's been tuning in this, this last month. Uh, we've had almost a million views on this show in the last 30 days. Uh, we're averaging about 10,000 views, uh, 15,000 views every episode. It's just been an incredible blessing. So thank you, everyone. Uh, if you're just tuning in, let me know where you're tuning in from. I, I, one of the things I really enjoy in my morning is seeing uh, where you guys are coming from. You know, uh, we've, I've had uh, people who have tuned in every morning from all over the country, uh, Canada, Australia, South Africa, Korea. Uh, it's just been incredible. So thank you. And again, if you're just tuning in, hit that like button, hit that share button for me uh, and share out this final episode of the Coffee with Coach Lyle show. If you can't watch this show live and, or you want to go back and watch and listen to any of the 30 days we've had, you can always go to Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts, and the show has been up on those for the last month. Uh, it always goes up, goes up about an hour after the show. Again, uh, I appreciate everyone who has listened to the podcast uh, online. It's gotten thousands and thousands of downloads, and it's kind of moving up the charts. So thank you, thank you, thank you for, for doing that. I appreciate it very much. So good morning, everybody. Good morning from all over the world. It's great to see everybody. Um, it's, you know, it's been, like I said, it's been incredible to see people. Robin from Canada, uh, Andrea's tuning in from Ohio, uh, Robert, good to see you from Montana, one of my favorite places. Uh, Kim's tuning in from Korea. It might be our winner for the furthest uh, person today. We'll see. Like I said, we've had some pretty far ones. So, Leslie and Michael from the Bay Area, it's good to see you guys. Good morning, Larry. Uh, Forrest, good to see you again. Mike, good morning. A lot of uh, Californians this morning. Uh, Holly, good morning from Florida. Good, nice sunny Florida this morning. Joanne, Yorkshire, England. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in this morning or probably uh, the night for you. Uh, Beverly, good morning. Good to see you from uh, Indiana. As like I said, so many people. Rochester, New York. I've spent a lot of time there. Dusty, Sydney, Australia. Uh, again, a place on my bucket list that I'm really hoping to go soon. Ron, good morning. Uh, good to see you. Ron is a father of one of the players of Fresno State who actually uh, spoke with a little bit yesterday. So, uh, Kelly from Wisconsin and Joshua from Missouri. Jeremiah from Missouri. It's awesome to see you guys. Dave tuning in from, from NorCal. Angie, I appreciate that you're going to miss this show. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Evan in the Jersey Shore. Great to see you guys. Awesome, awesome. Good morning, everybody. Hopefully, you're able to share some uh, coffee with me this morning. Uh, you know, for me, uh, the last month, I've only been doing one cup of coffee this morning. It's been th this early, early morning. So I'm giving myself some bonus points for only one cup of coffee, uh, coffee a day right now. So good morning from Minnesota. It's awesome to see you guys. I appreciate you guys hitting that like button. I really appreciate you guys hitting that share button. We're trying to get that 300 likes today, and you guys just keep smashing that button, and I and I really appreciate it very much. Um, so remember, this is the final show of the Coffee with Coach Lyle show, but you can always catch this stuff. I put all of this content on youtube.com slash coach Lyle, as well as the podcast, so you can always check stuff out on uh, YouTube. And if you missed the if you missed the announcement of why this is the final show, one, I wanted to commit to it for a month, and I wanted to give it a try and see how it would go. Secondly, uh, it was kind of a test. You guys were kind of my guinea pigs uh, for the, the next thing that I'm working on. I'm, I'm trying to put together a weekly show, big time show with big time guests, uh, with big time production value, something that's going to be uh, really incredible that I'm working on and putting together. And I hope you guys will get really excited about it. It'll be an hour-long show that uh, I, I try to say it's the, it's the parent sport, youth sports version of Jimmy Fallon, uh, John Oliver, and Dr. Phil all wrapped into one. So that's the goal of the show that's coming up, and, and I hope that uh, you guys will pay attention and, and keep an eye out for that And I'm, as I'm working on that for the next month, uh, and uh, hopefully we can get that off the ground. So 
I've been really excited about that. And I've learned a lot uh, just about uh, how to do these productions. And, and uh, you guys have been great guinea pigs. So I appreciate you guys uh, tuning in and doing that. If you're just tuning in, uh, let me know where you're tuning in from. I really appreciate everybody who's tuning in and saying that you'll miss the show. I appreciate that. Uh, even even the you who are not drinking coffee this morning, you're drinking your monster drinks, your Diet Cokes, or whatever else gets you going this morning. <clears throat> we've got uh, Pat tuning in from Australia. Again, we've got uh, the, today's show is really international. Canada, Australia, Korea. Uh, really good to see you guys. So I appreciate that. Uh, let's talk about today's starting lineup. Today's starting lineup is going to be a short lineup uh, in a sense. Uh, you know, I'm going to ask you guys a question of the morning like we always do. I love to hear you guys' uh, answers on the question of the morning. Then we're going to get into a Dear Coach segment uh, with another crazy parent email and story. Uh, and today's main topic, we're not going to have a main topic this morning. Uh, today's main topic, we're going to do a Q&A. I thought, you know, for the final show, you know, what would bring the most value to everybody who has been tuning in every, every day, every week? And I appreciate that very much. So if you uh, are doing or have been tuning in, I want to make this uh, time today. Uh, I'm going to increase the Q&A time to 15 minutes. And I want to really try to help people uh, today with Q&A time. So uh, there won't be a main topic today, but today's main time will be spent around Q&A. I want to be able to provide value. Uh, especially as the people who have tuned in for the last 30 days. And then again, uh, you know, after Q&A, I always try to give you guys some final tips of the day to send you off on your week and your weekend. Uh, and, uh, and so hopefully you can do that. So if you're just tuning in, hit that like button. Hit that share button. Uh, let me know where you're tuning in from. And this morning's question of the day, today's, this morning's question of the day is, what was the one team that you rooted for growing up as a kid? What was the one team? Now, you might have rooted for a bunch of them. You might have been diehard for all of them. But I want to know, what was the one team that you were really all in on? So, for example, for me, I grew up a huge Miami Dolphins fan. Even though I grew up in the Bay Area, my entire family was 49er fans. I loved Dan Marino. And for whatever reason, big-time Dolphins fan. I, I love the Warriors. I was a Golden State Warriors fan. I, I loved the Warriors. I was a huge college football fan. Miami Hurricanes was my team uh, and all this stuff. But the one team that I rooted for that I was a diehard, that I, I, I made a scrapbook of their, of their newspaper clippings as a kid, was the Oakland A's. Uh, I grew up in the time of Ricky Henderson. He was my favorite player of all time. Uh, and Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco and all these guys. And so for me, my one team was the Oakland A's. Uh, and uh, to this day, uh, if you are an A's fan, a diehard like me, you have been through a lot of heartache the last uh, 25 plus years. Uh, I was very fortunate that I got to work for the Oakland A's for 17 years. Uh, I did the out-of-town scoreboard for the Oakland A's for 17 years. I got to meet a lot of players. I got to go on a trip with the A's uh, one time. I have lots of stories of... Uh, you know, when I was younger, when I first started working for the A's, I was good friends with Barry Zito and Eric Chavez, Eric Burns, and all these guys, and, and spent a lot of time with those guys as a young, as a young uh, guy in my early 20s, and uh, I got to experience a lot of things, but I experienced a lot of pain as an A's fan. So the question of the day is, who was your one team? What was the one team, and what sport was it? Uh, I'm very, very curious to hear uh, what he says. Jim says he was a Yankees fan. Uh, and if you're an A's fan, the Yankees, uh, during my time as being a fan, is, is your least favorite team. We hate the Giants, but we hate the Yankees as well because the Yankees knocked us out of the playoffs. I feel like every year as uh, in my first years, uh, Joe says the Cubs. The Cubs are probably my favorite National League team. I'm a huge Cubs fan as well. Went to Wrigley with my wife, and I went to Wrigley a few times the last couple of years. But uh, Chicago is one of my favorite cities in the world, obviously. Uh, as a coach for the Chicago White Sox, but I'm a huge Cubs fan as well. Uh, my kids, my eight-year-old Chase uh, and my three-year-old Crosby, their favorite team is the Chicago Cubs. So uh, that's pretty cool. Kim says she's a Cubs fan. Uh, John is a Dodgers fan, and, and I'll tell you what, I always rooted for the Dodgers because all my family is Giants fans. And so I would to, to, to mess with them, I would always root for the Dodgers. Uh, the Braves, you know what's funny, Larry, is I'm a huge, I was a huge Braves fan in the 90s. I loved uh, the pitching staff, Glavin, Maddox. I had a, my glove was a Steve Avery glove in high school, Steve Avery glove. So uh, I was a big Braves fan, too, with a lot of the guys. Eddie says he's a, he was a Browns fan growing up. Man, that had to be tough. The Browns, uh, being a Browns fan has got to be tough, I'll tell you. 
Monica's a Giants fan, uh, just like my entire family. My mom, my dad, all my siblings, everyone in my family is a Giants fan, except for one of my brothers who is a Toronto Blue Jays fan. Uh, Gary says he's a Reds fan. Tracy, Yankees fan. Coach Theol, Coach Theol, good to see you. Love you. Uh, one of my one of my oldest and dearest friends, Stephen Theol, an incredible principal, teacher, man, father. Uh, much respect to you, A's fan as well. Love you, buddy. Um, John's a Reds fan. Awesome. Good to see you guys. Ruben's a Dodgers fan for life, uh, and that's funny. Uh, Dodgers and a lot of Yankees fans. Uh, Aaron is a Montana State University fan. That's funny. My my father in law and my in laws are diehard Grizzly fans. Like they have season, they live in the California, but they have season tickets to the Grizzlies. They both went to Montana. They met there. Uh, they're huge Grizz fans, uh, and uh, so they're not. They do not like Montana State uh, at all. Uh, Missy says she's a Middle Tennessee Braves fan. Uh, Charity is a Red Sox fan, born and raised. That's awesome. Uh, Jason's a Braves fan. Sean, Detroit Tigers fan. I'll tell you, I, I remember still watching the 1984 uh, World Series with my dad, the Padres and Tigers, uh, at uh, a local Straw Hat Pizza. I still have memories about that and watching all those games. Uh, Ryan Sandberg, Sean Dunstan. You know, I worked with Sean Dunstan Jr. for a long time uh, and uh, got to meet him, really nice guy. Uh, so a lot of Yankees fans this morning. Yankees fans, Braves fans. It's funny. Uh, good to see you guys. Rick is a uh, lifetime Denver Broncos fan. That's awesome. You know, as a kid, my grandfather coached college football for a long time. He was friends with Mike Shanahan. And I, I used to get Denver Broncos helmet stickers as a kid, like actual helmet stickers. And I did not cherish them at all. I put them up in my room on the walls. And uh, and uh, so I was a little bit of a Broncos fan as a growing up and John Elway fan just because uh, my, my dad, my grandfather, being friends with some of the Broncos coaches and, and hooking me up with some cool stuff. Crisp is a throwback. The Super uh, Supersonics from Seattle. Uh, that was fun. Sean Payton, uh, Gary Payton. I mean, uh, just incredible uh, stuff. Robin says, Blue Jays fan, just like my brother. Uh, Robin, I, uh, hopefully he's not listening, but one of my brothers has a Toronto Blue Jays uh, tattoo on his arm. He literally does. He's a diehard Blue Jays fan and has a Toronto Blue Jays tattoo on his arm. And he says she's a diehard Raiders fan. A lot of my buddies are Raiders fans. Uh, I'm a huge David Carr fan. I went to uh, some Raiders games uh, a couple last couple years. Really sad that they left. Uh, but uh, a lot of my friends growing up are Raiders fans as well. So awesome to see all these guys uh, with different things. Notre Dame football, um, University of Alabama football, Pirates fans. Uh, that's awesome to see all you guys this morning. So appreciate it. If you're just tuning in right now, if you're just tuning in, the question of the morning was, hey, where are you tuning in from? Let me know where you're tuning in from, the city and state. Uh, and also, you know, what was the one team uh, you rooted for growing up? Uh, that's what I would like to know. What was the one team you rooted up, rooted for growing up? Uh, a lot of us have a lot of favorite teams, but that, that's the question of the day. What was the one team that you rooted for growing up? Okay. Uh, let's get into our Dear Coach segment of the day. Today is the last Dear Coach segment in, in our show, uh, and uh, it's been a fun thing. I, and I tell you guys, uh, this book, Dear Coach, is a book I wrote last July. Uh, it's on Amazon. You can search for it there. And a lot of you have purchased it in the last month, and it has been climbing up the bestsellers list in sports coaching. Uh, and a lot of you have left five-star reviews. I appreciate that so much. So if you get a chance... Check out the Dear Coach book on Amazon. Uh, it's a it's a real it's a story in a book of real emails of parents, crazy parents, uh, and so get a chance uh, if you get a chance, check it out. Uh, and every morning I try to read you guys a story from it that I think uh, you guys will really like. So uh, let's get into today's Dear Coach segment, uh, and here we go. Today's Dear Coach segment came from uh, a story from somebody else telling me a story. And it starts with, Dear Coach Lyle, I wanted to share what happened in our 12U baseball game last month. We were down by one run, bases loaded with two outs, and the batter had a 3-0 count. I called timeout and told the kid not to swing until he had one strike. The very next pitch came in at the hitter's eyes. He decided to swing a ball four. Popped the ball up to the pitcher, and we lost. As I walked off the field, I noticed the father had swung open the gate and was running at me full speed. He was screaming and cursing. 
that he was going to knock me out because he thought I instructed the kid to swing. As he charged closer, the wet grass caused him to slip and fall. The fall seemed to knock some sense into him. He got up quietly and walked away. A few weeks later, the same father-son was pitching. He was having a bad inning. He gave up a couple runs and had a couple walks, but got out of the inning. The next inning, his son walked the first batter. The father ran onto the field, grabbed his son by the shirt, and slapped him across the face. He then dragged him off the field to the car and drove off. I reported all this to the league, and I haven't seen the parent or the kid since. Sincerely, I hope that kid is okay. And if you've read my book, um, you know, I'll tell you that's a pretty sad story, honestly. Uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the book is funny. But if you've read my book, you see that I've got what I've called Coach Lyle's commentary. And in Coach Lyle's commentary, uh, I try to talk, I try to respond to a lot of these emails uh, to these coaches, and I hope to give some advice in case you ever come across situations like this as a coach or parent. And so I want to read you guys the Coach Lyle's commentary uh, from the book on that day. So the book, uh, here's what I wrote. For the most part, I like the way this coach handled the situation. However, I think the coach had an opportunity to step into what seems like a toxic situation with his father and son that's bigger than baseball. It sounds like this dad could use some help. Maybe he wouldn't hear it from this coach, but it's worth a shot. It's definitely worth it for that kid. Just because the father and son left the league doesn't mean that toxic, toxic behavior will change. It's far more likely that this kid will run, uh, will run the sport of baseball for, ruin the sport of baseball for his son. It's also possible that this father-son relationship could be damaged unless someone intervenes. And I get it. Sometimes it seems like it's just baseball, but it never is. It's about being a kid, trying to grow up and being a parent, trying to help our kids become adults. Coaches get to play a part in that story. That's a huge responsibility, and it's also a privilege and a gift. And so and, and, uh, you guys got to remember, like a lot of times I think as coaches, kids leave the team or something happens, and you're like, good riddance, um, you know, to that kid. And I think uh, a lot of times, you know, as a coach, you could be the person to step in and make the change. So, um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff there. Dolce asked, do you have a link for the book? I don't have a link, but if you go to Amazon and you search Dear Coach or Dear Coach Lyle, uh, it'll come up right there on Amazon uh, and, and all that. So uh, it's a great thing to do that. Uh, I appreciate everyone again who has bought it uh, and has, has shared it out. And I really appreciate everybody. And, and you know, uh, so thank you so much. That, that was this morning's Dear Coach segment. And uh, like I said, a lot of the stories in the book are really funny, but there's some really sad stories and some really tough stories. And hopefully I give some advice in that book that you can deal with similar issues uh, if you have some of them. So uh, again, if you're just tuning in, hit that like button, hit that share button. Uh, we are trying to get to 300 likes. We're trying to get to over 50 shares this morning on the final episode of uh, Coffee with Coach Lyle. Let me know where you're tuning in from. I, I love to see you guys, what cities you guys are coming from. And the question of the day was, what was the one team you rooted for growing up as a kid? Not now, as an adult or whatever age you are, but what's the one team you grew up as a kid? Like for me, I grew up this huge Miami Dolphins fan, but as I got into high school and college and I got older, I started realizing, hey, I was a huge Dan Marino fan and I was a fan as a kid, but like there's no, <laughs> no reason for me to really like this team. And so the only team that I've really been a lifelong fan of uh, has been the Oakland A's. Uh, Golden State Warriors and, and stuff. But as a kid, I, I really uh, rooted for uh, the Oakland A's. That was my that was my one team. So I want to hear from you guys. What was the one team you guys rooted for? Uh, and uh, I'd be very curious to, to hear. So uh, Dolce's uh, tuning, uh, tuning in from Saugus, California. TJ's tuning in from Oklahoma. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Seeing you guys. I uh, love seeing you guys from all over uh, the country and the world. We've got people this morning from... The West Coast, the East Coast, Australia, England, you name it, uh, we've got it. So I appreciate that uh, very much, people who have been tuning in. So uh, this morning, um, as we get into our Q&A time, uh, this is going to be our main segment today. So I want you to start thinking about what questions you might have uh, for me, something that I can really help you with in this final show of the Coffee with Coach Lyle show. 
Uh, so I'll put 15 minutes on the clock today. If we don't use it all, we don't use it all. And if we go over a little bit, that's okay too. But uh, I want to, I want to find this time to be really, really helpful to you guys in your journey as a, as a parent or a coach. Uh, and so let, I'm going to hit the shot clock right now, uh, 15 minutes and, and let's, uh, let's get into any questions, uh, or any answers. Uh, I mean, any questions you guys have this morning. Okay. Jeff says, I saw a dad once yell at his kid on the foyer of a gym, slammed his kid's head against the glass and said, you're an embarrassment to our family. He scored 20 points and missed the last layup, called the police and the, and the dad denied it. Cameras showed it and he felt awful once he saw it. And I'll tell you, you know, Jeff, that's a, that's a tragic story. That's a terrible story. Uh, but I can tell you right now, like it's most likely if he did that in public and other people saw him, he's probably doing those things uh, or worse uh, in private. And, and I think uh, as a coach, if that's my, if the kid on my team, I got, I'm going to, I've got some responsibility to figure out what can I do? What, what can I, uh, do to step in or help this kid? Because, uh, most likely it's not, it's never a one-time thing. People don't do things, uh, usually for the one time. So our first question this morning comes from Eric. Uh, if coach, if, he says he's coaching U uh, twelve girls who are starting their school careers next season. What can you suggest that you will help me make these girls realize they need to start taking the lead on their growth in softball? Uh, you know, I, I would talk to them about the, what their goals are. And so, uh, if if I had that team, I'd have a team meeting and I, and I would have them write down maybe a little bit. You know what. Uh, what are your goals? Do you want to play in college? And if they if they write down their goals, then you can have a conversation about what it takes to reach those goals. And now you're starting to put some actual plans in their head of like, hey, if you want to play in college, this is what it's going to take. Uh, and some people might say, you know what, I'm, I don't have any goals. My goal is to have fun. And then that's make make that the thing. So that would be something that I would that I would really look at now. Something I meant to, I forgot to mention. If you are watching this Coffee with Coach Lyle show on Softball Rooted Facebook page or the uh, the the Coach Lyle Show Facebook page, I cannot see I cannot see your comments or your questions. So if you are if you've been if you've been watching on Softball Rooted or if you've been watching this on another channel other than the Coach Lyle page on Facebook, facebookcom slash Lyle, I cannot see your comments or questions until after the show. So if you, that's you, get off of there, head over to facebook.com slash Coach Lyle, my actual Coach Lyle page with a little check mark next to my name. If you're on that page, I can see your questions, okay? So if you're wondering why is Coach Lyle never respond to me and you're on those pages, uh, just so you know, that is the reason why. Uh, Todd says, is this quarantine time how often kids should be practicing and any certain drills for our kids? I mean, it just really depends on the sport, depends on the thing that you're doing. Uh, I think this quarantine time has really, really given an opportunity to to kids to put some serious work in the backyard, in the garage, at their local park, to work on their game uh, and take a break from the rigorous schedule of travel ball and everything like that. Aaron says, Last weekend, our 10U team was playing. A kid on the team is very passionate, but very hard on himself. As a catcher, he barely missed an out at home. After he started being super frustrated, slammed the ball down on the plate and chucked the ball, which ended ended up hitting his pitcher in the face. We talked a lot about as a team to brush off frustrations. I feel this is unacceptable behavior as a coach. But how do you how do you have suggestions on how to help this kid overcome it? So. I did a whole uh, show on failure and you can find it on and how to deal with adversity. You can find it on YouTube. The short answer is he's got to come up with some type of a flush mechanism that when he gets frustrated, when something comes up, he has, he has something that calms him down. Some type of a, what we call flush mechanism. He's got to find a way to do that. Secondly, the ex, you know, you have to have expectations on your team that, that that is not acceptable behavior and you're not going to accept that. And if you do those things, you're going to have to sit on the bench. And at some point the kid's going to have to decide is that behavior worth it? Can I suck it up? Uh, or I'm not going to be on the playing field. And so uh, to me, that's a conversation I would have with them. Hey, and I would tell them, I love how passionate you are. I love how competitive you are. But that behavior is not acceptable. 
and you can't do that. And if you do it again, you're coming out of the game and you're going to sit on the bench. And, and if you can't control that, you know, there's going to be different consequences, but really, and then I would try to teach them how to deal with adversity, uh, and, and having a flush mechanism, finding other ways to do it. Uh, what advice do you have to inform your coach to, to communicate to the parents? Um, I would just say, and you can, you can send an email or, or talk to them before and after practice and say, Hey coach, you know, uh, it, it would be really helpful if you could communicate a little bit more just with what's going on, you know, be specific, uh, deliver it kindly, uh, in a nice tone and, and, and just say, Hey coach, you, you know, for the parents, a lot of parents and, and don't, you know, don't talk about like you're ganging up on them. Just say, Hey, it would be super helpful. Uh, if you could, you could communicate a little bit more just what's going on. You know, a lot of parents have questions about stuff and if you could shoot an email out or a text or find some way to uh, communicate to the parents more, it would be super helpful. And you know, they might get defensive a little bit, but if it fixes the problem that you're having, uh, it's worth it to me. Chris asks, how do you handle a situation when a player is openly trying out for different teams and a reason given is because the parents said the coaching is at a different level on these other teams? So you have a kid on your team. The coaches, <laughs> the parents obviously don't respect you as a coach, it sounds like, and they're trying out for other teams. Uh, I would just let that kid go. I would just, and, and I would just say, hey, you know what? It, it sounds like um, my coaching is not, you know, not up to what the level that you're looking for. Uh, and, uh, you know, I appreciate what you've done for us and, and I wish you guys well, and, and I hope you guys find the team you're looking for. And I, and I wouldn't do it in a mean way. Like you're kicking them off the team. I would approach it with like, Hey, it looks like the, you're looking for a solution that matches what you guys want. And I, I support you guys in that. So go find the team that you, that you, that fits you right. And, and let the kid go. I mean, that, that to me, that's a, not a simple one, but that, that's a, that's exactly what I would do there. Uh, Brad asks, how do you handle, how do you deal with an assistant coach who is more worried about his kid than the good of the team? And Brad, I'll tell you the key, the, the word of the day is communication. And I would sit down with that coach, maybe take, I said, go out to lunch, uh, get a drink, uh, you know, whatever you, is uh, an environment that, that is chill after practice, before practice, phone call, do not do it in email. And just so say, Hey coach, uh, you know, I know you're really worried about your kid on this team. I love that. You, I love that you care about your kid. I know that you want him to succeed, but you're really worried. I, 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 these are the things I'm seeing, and I'll tell you right now: um, being honest with people and being direct with them, not beating around the bush, and just telling them exactly what they are. He may not even notice it, uh, and he may get defensive. And I'll tell you, if it's if it's an issue, if it's a true issue. You know, I wouldn't have him as my assistant coach anymore. I think that that's way down the road. I don't think you go straight to that, but. He needs to be talked to about it. He needs to be communicated about that. And I think, uh, I think it's worth sitting down and talking to him about that. So, um, Rick says, would you say 2020 is a do over for youth sports? You know, 2020 has been a tough year across the board for everybody. Uh, you know, for me, uh, having, like I said, I, I, both of them, I, I have grandparents that are still alive. My parents are still alive and, uh, and, um, a lot of stuff in this world. So if, if we can get through 2020 with the most healthy people, uh, and we had to sacrifice a youth sports for a year and some other stuff, uh, but, and yet our parents and grandparents can live a little bit longer, uh, and survive this and the world can survive this. Uh, I'm okay with that. And I think that we'll survive. Um, great question. Mayuki asks, what is your message to 2021s, 22s during this recruiting process and COVID? Uh, I would tell you guys that just it, it, it's, it's a tough world right now. It, it is really difficult, and I, and I have a lot of empathy for uh, recruits who are going into the recruiting process during this time. My best advice to you guys is to be patient. We're all in this together. We're all working on this. We're trying to do the best that we can. And to be patient, to trust the process, work on the only thing you can work on and control is what you can control. Control the controllables, control what you can control. And what you can control is your own personal development. You can outwork all the other 2021s and 22 recruits because we're going to need them. The college and athletics is going to need these recruits. So use this time to outwork the people in your class. And I promise you there will be opportunities on the other side of it. Use this time for development uh, and 
I did an entire show on this about social media. Uh, go back on youtube.com slash coach Lyle. I did a whole segment on how to use social media for recruiting. And that would be what I would do. I would really press into uh, social media. Uh, if I'm, if I'm a kid trying to get recruiting. Okay. Robert asks, uh, my son is a young 14 year old, 2023 grad that has played two years of American Legion baseball and he has begun to get invites to uh, camps and showcases. I'm a huge fan of camps that get insight from all levels of the next level. Uh, what advice do you have for us parents and or my son as we start to navigate the next step? Uh, I did a whole show on this too, what it takes to play in college. Uh, you can find it on YouTube or on Facebook. My best advice, Robert, is is to start thinking about like where does he really want to go to school the experience of that what is he open to are you open to going you know moving anywhere in the country or going to any program like what are your goals and then you know if it's my son and he's and it's getting into showcases for example or camps where there's tons of kids and there are only d1 coaches there and i find i figure out that my son out of the 200 kids there is is kind of in the middle range, uh, ranked number 100. I just I just lit my money on fire at a showcase uh, because without every different level coach there because uh, that kid my son's not going to stand out at that showcase. So you've got to get them in front of coaches that are actually you know equal to their level. And, uh, you know, that would be my biggest advice is to figure out what schools they really would like to go to. If, if your son says, uh, you know, I really want to go to this school, I think this is really good. I would spend a lot of time figuring out what does that coach at that school like? Uh, what is that? What level do I need to get to? And what do I need to do to get there and, and build a plan around that? And I would, you know, and I wouldn't put all my eggs in that one school basket unless that's the one school uh, that you want that you're only going to go to. So, um Chris says, my son is nine. Is it too young to get them in the weight room? And also, do you have any training aids that you recommend? Um, you know, weight room. Also, so my biggest issue with the weight room with young kids is that if you do not do weightlifting with proper form, like really good form, you can, you can, a lot of injuries happen. Uh, you know, development can get stunted. There's issues there. So for me, if my nine-year-old and they really love the sport you know, I would teach them things like how to do proper push-ups and sit-ups, and, and I and and I would just get them involved in sports, soccer, basketball, hand-eye coordination. Just keep them active. Uh, that would be the thing that I would do at that age, and I would leave the weight room till 13, 14 years old, where uh, you know they they can really work on technique. But I don't have a problem at that age. Uh, from a training aid standpoint, I'll tell you guys right now, and I'm not just being biased, my website, thehittingvault.com, is the best hitting website in the world uh, if you're looking to become a better hitter, uh, hit the ball further, hit more home runs, or hit your first home run. So check out thehittingvault.com. That is the best training aid uh, out there for you. So, uh, Missy says, as a college softball coach, how do you feel about a player changing travel ball teams? Is it frowned upon to have played with multiple teams during your high school years? Uh, it doesn't bother me at all. I think sometimes it's hard because you're navigating or you're following a kid and then you, you go to watch that team play and then you're like, where is this Where is this player? And they're not on this team anymore. Oh, they're on this team. And, and it, makes, it, just, it makes it a little bit harder. Uh, it doesn't really bother me. I, um, I, it might be a red flag if they've played on three or four different teams. And I, I will ask a lot of times, you know, why is it that this person played on multiple teams? Um, and so I, I would like, I like to know that. But, uh, you know, it, it doesn't bother me too much, but it definitely can be a red flag. And it can be something, and again, if you're jumping teams and a coach is trying to follow you and they show up to a field and, and you're not there on that team and they can't find you, that can be frustrating. And so if you do end up being a team hopper, uh, make sure you communicate really, really well to the coaches uh, for doing that. So, uh, Next question is, do you suggest staying with travel ball or go with school ball as a seventh grader? Uh, it really depends. Um, if you have to decide between the two of them and it's junior high, uh, I would let the kid decide, you know, maybe they want to play with their friends at the junior high level. Uh, if travel ball is much higher level, they're getting playing time. The coach is really good. They're really getting developed. I would probably recommend the travel ball situation, but it really depends on the kid, what their goals are and all that stuff. So I would talk to them about it. And like, again, if they said, you know, I, re I really want to play with my buddies at school, 
I, I would be totally fine with that. It wouldn't be like, oh, no, you're not going to do that. You got to focus on your development. Uh, you know, that, that, that's not what I would do. So, um, Mike asks, with all of your experience, do you have thoughts on getting more involvement in local rec programs? With changes in family structures and demographics and communities and the rec programs are not getting enough players. Thoughts? Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's, that's such a good question uh, and something that's really been on my heart and been frustrating for me. Like I said, I grew up a pretty uh, low-income kid, the oldest of seven. I'm, I was the oldest of seven kids. Um, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. She homeschooled us. My dad was a refinery worker. Uh, you know, we never missed a meal, but we also didn't ha have a lot of things. And I shared a bunk bed with my brother all the way through high school. Uh, so for me, uh, the cost of sports is really heartbreaking. And, um, you know, rec leagues have, have been decimated by travel ball programs. And a lot of lower-income kids don't get a lot of opportunities nowadays. So uh, to answer your question, uh I would love to find ways. I, I've, I have been, I have connected with a lot of people uh, in the, uh, the, not, and I really haven't talked about it publicly a lot, but I've tried to connect with a lot of uh, community groups that uh, donate things to local leagues and kids. And, uh, and I hope that in my next stage of my career, I get to spend more time with that. So um, great question. Uh, I would like to see people get more involved with the uh, local rec programs uh, and really help the, help the community out in that way. Uh, to me, that's the one thing I love about Little League. Uh, you know, if you watch the Little League World Series, uh, it's probably not the best talent at that age. Like I can tell you there's probably 12 U travel ball teams that would beat these Little League World Series teams. What I love about the Little League World Series, what I love about Little League, uh, especially when it comes, like I said, the, the, the um, tournaments and the, and the Little League World Series is that you get communities behind people. You get cities and little towns behind people, and I, and I just really love that. So uh, to me, that's one of the biggest things that I really uh, you know appreciate. I'm going to answer a couple more questions. Uh, I know we went over our time for Q&A, but I'll, I'm going to try to get to a few more questions here uh, as we do it. So uh, let's see if I can get to it. John says, my 16-year-old uh, travel softball girl has been asked to private coach a few 10-year-olds. Any starting suggestions? Um, you know, I would tell her just, you know, teach what you know, connect with the kids, build relationship, have fun. I mean, for a 10 year old to work with a 16 year old, there's, they're just enjoying that time and looking up to that older kid that, that's sharing with them. So, you know, if I was her, uh, I would tell her if she was my daughter, Hey, you know, plan out, you know, put together a little lesson plan, figure out what you're going to work on for the day. Don't just wing it. And maybe you look up some videos on YouTube or, you know, uh, what are the things you're going to work? And as a parent, I'm going to help them say, okay, you know, what are you going to do? Is, uh, you're working on fielding today, catching, throwing, you know, and, and create a little lesson plan for her to do that. So, uh, Nick says, I have a team of eight U players, some with attention disorders. How can I evolve the focus for my little guys? All right. Parents, I have an eight-year-old kid who uh, attention is horrible, uh, and uh, <laughs> I, hear, I hear it from my wife all the time. If you coach at this level, any practice you have needs to be 100% fun, and I would do as many competitions as you can. Okay, so like if you're a baseball coach, you, you put a helmet on a bucket and you throw as a target, you try to knock the thing off the thing. You run the bases and you time them. Uh, you do relay races. Com competitions, competitions, competitions. Make it fun competitions. Hitting competitions. Uh, come up with crazy uh, drills, obstacle courses. If you want them to pay attention, do less talking and more fun trick them into doing the things you want them to do by making it very competitive, very fun. Uh, that is the way to do it. Okay. Let's see. Pablo says, if correct, uh, that the minor leagues are not having a season, they're not. What's your opinion on the bottleneck of talent that will create with all the graduates, high school, college and rule five in baseball? Um, honestly, I think it's just going to create, it's the cream is going to rise to the top much more, uh, in this situation. And you're going to see, uh, a lot of major league baseball or minor league baseball players, professional baseball players, uh, leave the game quicker. And, and there's, there's positives and negatives to that. The negative is like from a development standpoint, some guys are going to miss out and it's really sucks. Uh, and but on the positive side, you're going to get uh, people into the, into whatever their next stage of life is going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be about five year process, but, um, you know, the minor leagues have, 
uh, a lot, a lot of people who are never going to make it there. Some of them love that and they, and they, they love the journey of it. And, but it's a tough road. The minor leagues is a really tough thing. Uh, you're trying to pursue your dreams. Some of some people into their 30 years old. So, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's a sucky situation. There's no other way of putting that, but, um, uh, I think, it, I think it's all going to work out over the next few years. All right. Last three questions of the day right here. Tiffany asks, with COVID-19 on the rise, our coaches have urged us to make turn- make tournaments on private property due to city-county mandated shutdown. How do we still participate in our team without compromising the health of our kids? COVID-19 cases went up significantly in our city this week. Yeah, and, and the COVID numbers are going up through the roof. Uh, here's the thing. You, as parents, you need to do what's comfortable for you and your family uh, and uh you can't give into the pressures of if your team says we're going to practice and you're not comfortable with that, you need to say, you know what, we're not comfortable with that. And that's okay. Uh, I can tell you right now, our family, uh, we, we probably, we are not comfortable with that. And our kids play all kinds of sports. Um, we, you know, for us being patient through this process and this time of life, uh, and it's terrible. Our kids, our kids hate it. Uh, and we know that we're trying to get our kids, uh, you know, to, to do stuff. And I understand all the, the, uh, the sides of it. Um, and so I, you just gotta do what's comfortable for you and it's okay. If you say no, uh, it's okay. Uh, Jeff says, I didn't sign up my kid for all stars due to feeling uncomfortable with COVID. There you go. Uh, she plays softball and I did pay for some batting lessons. How do you feel about continuing lessons during this time? What other things can she do while playing with the team while not playing with the team during this time? And Jeff, I, I would sit down and talk to her about a development plan. Um, things like my website, thehittingvault.com, or other uh, other websites, other programs, uh, working on those. That's where I would really spend my time. If my kid was in high school right now, and, and this is the situation we're in, I'm going to really press into, into spending this time uh, by, on development, 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 development. And, 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 I, and she, she doesn't need anything but a little bit of gear to do that. Uh, from a lesson standpoint... Uh, it just really depends on your comfortability level. Do you feel like the person they're doing lessons with is is being smart? Uh, are they going to the beach every day and hanging out with a lot of people, or they're hanging out indoors? You know, uh, you know. I, I said there's so many things to come into question. So you know, I don't I don't know um, what what you feel comfortable with. Ruben asks, "What advice can you give my daughter about contacting college coaches and selling herself? She finds it very intimidating and hard to talk about herself." What can I do to help her? Um, so, Ruben, I would tell you right now that my best advice is to go watch uh, a couple of videos I have on YouTube, what it takes to play in college and social media and recruiting. Those those videos will tell you everything you need to know on that. Uh, and, you know, they're good lessons for her to learn how to, how to start talking, how to start communicating uh, and be uncomfortable doing that. So... Trevor says, what is something you want to see change in youth sports? For me, I want to see uh, team sports and youth sports uh, get more accessible to low-income kids. That's the biggest thing. Uh, I I want uh, lower-income kids to be able to have access to playing the sport that they love and to be able to afford to play the things and and more opportunities for uh, lower-income kids. To me, that would be the biggest thing I would see. And secondly, I'd love to see uh, the kids be able to play the game without parents ruining it. Uh, To me, that would be the biggest thing. Uh, Nathan asks, where did I get my shirt? A big shout-out to Baseballism. Uh, uh, They are an awesome company. Uh, it, you can go to baseballism.com. You can Google baseballism. They hooked me up with a lot of awesome uh, gear. They have incredible shirts, uh, all kinds of stuff. My wife's purse is a glo- glove leather baseball purse. So, um, you know, for me, uh, that's something. So, so many great questions this morning. Uh, I will, uh, I'll try to answer one more. Coach says, with all of your years of baseball experience and working with kids, young adults at levels of baseball, what, if anything, do you wish you would have done differently? For me as a coach, the biggest thing I would have done differently is that in my younger uh, stages of my career, my first 10 to 12 years, uh, I made coaching more about me. I made it about winning. I made it about my career. Uh, and I, I did not I did not make it about empathy. I did not. Um, I loved my players. I had lots of great relationships. Uh, and I would say that I coached with a lot of sarcasm. Uh, and I thought it was funny. I thought it was, uh, you know, and a lot of kids didn't have a problem with it, but I realized for me, um, I needed to shift into to different things. So for me, um, 
I, looking, if I could tell my old, my younger self when they first started coaching what to do differently, I would say get rid of the sarcasm, work on empathy, make it less about you, and really, really invest on the relationships much more than I did. Instead of just, just having good relationships with a few players, uh, do it with everybody. And, and I think that would be the biggest uh, advice that I would that I would say. Dean says he agrees uh, about the hitting vault. That's awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, and again, so, thanks for so many, so many good questions. Uh, if I don't get to it today, uh, hopefully I can get to it another time. Uh, and, and I appreciate it very much. Uh, so thank you. Thank, thank you very much. Okay. So if you're still tuning in, you're still with me. Uh, if you're still tuning in this morning, okay, I've got a big favor to ask you. Okay. As soon as this show is over, I've got a big favor to ask you. Uh, so if you're still watching, uh, I'm going to see who, who's going to follow through on this favor of mine. Okay. So, uh, for me, if you go to my coach Lyle page right now, or after the show, uh, and you go to the coach Lyle page and hopefully most likely all of you are on it right now. Um, if you go to the coach Lyle page, you're going to see that there's a section called reviews. And I would like you to go to the, click on the reviews and then down here, you're going to see, do you recommend Coach Lyle? And I would like you to click yes. And then I would like you to write a little thing. It has to be 25 characters long. And I'd like you to leave a five-star review if you can, if you're willing to. So leave me, go over to reviews, hit do you recommend Coach Lyle? And I have 500,000 followers, but only 36 people have ever reviewed my Facebook page. So I would love to see uh, you guys do that if you can. That would be super appreciative. So when you leave this show today, don't forget, head over to reviews. I would love it very much if you would recommend me. Give me a five-star review and just leave a little comment. It doesn't have to be much, one sentence. Uh, that would mean a very much to me. So uh, I would love if you guys would do that. Uh, and so uh, that would be awesome. So I appreciate that. All right. So. We're done with our Q&A, and I want to get into our very th final thing of the day. I, I always try to give you guys advice. Uh, for anybody who leaves a five-star review and recommends me on the Facebook page, I appreciate it. We're at 36 people that have left reviews, uh, and when, after this show's over, I'd love to see that get to double that number. So uh, I, would, I would love if you guys would do that very much, and, and I appreciate that. Um, Robert says, shoot me a message with your mailing address, and I will hook you up with some Montana sporting apparel and company swag. Oh, my gosh. My father in love, my father in law would love you, Robert. So I appreciate that. I appreciate anybody who would go do the five star review. Thank you very much. Uh, again, I, like I said, I, I always ask for favors and you guys always come through, and that really means a lot to me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. So let's get into our final thing of the Coach Lyle show, uh, the Coffee with Coach Lyle show right here. And I want to leave you guys with this quote today. Uh, it's a quote that, that, uh, you know, it's really dear to my heart. And it says, as a coach, I care less. And this is, and I'll, I'll start over. I, I really want to start over. I want you to understand if you are a, a high school kid, you're a high school kid or a college kid, 14 year old. If, if, if you're paying attention to this show, uh, this is for you. This is a, an encouragement and a challenge uh, for your high school kids right here. <clears throat> and it says, as a coach, I care less about your potential and more about what you do with it. The world is full of gifted underachievers. Don't waste your gift. I want you to think about that for a second. The world is full of potential and I care more about what you do with it. The world is full of gifted underachievers. Don't waste your gift. Okay. I tell you, I, I'm, the time goes by so fast. I've been coaching for 22 years. I've been a father for 23 years now, almost 24 years. And I can tell you, uh, potential and time goes by so fast. Do not waste it. Okay. Uh, again, thank you everybody. Uh, one of the things I, I would appreciate and I love if, uh, if you can connect with me on social media, connect with me by subscribing to my YouTube channel at coach Lyle. Follow me on Instagram at Coach Lyle. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Coach Lyle. Uh, so, and before you guys leave this morning, before you guys leave, you know, I, I just want to thank you again. Thank you to everybody who has tuned in. Some of you have tuned in 
to almost every all 20 episodes of this show. And it's been going on for the last 30 days. Uh, and I appreciate everybody tuning in. Be on the lookout for my next show, the the, the Coach Lyle show with guests. And, and it's going to be a weekly show. And I'm going to work on that for the whole month of July. So I uh, appreciate that. Before you leave, hit the like button. Hit the share button. Uh, go over and review the Facebook page for me. If you can do that, that would be a huge favor. And I would appreciate you guys very much. Uh, if you didn't notice yesterday... I, I, I passed the 500,000 follower um, number on Facebook and 900,000 followers on social media. And that is in a huge part to you guys, okay? I, you know, I share the content, but if you guys didn't like it or share it or comment on it, it wouldn't have grown. So uh, thank you so much to everybody who has done that. I've been on the social media journey for seven years now and I hit 500,000 followers on Facebook yesterday. 900,000 followers and I know by the end of this year I'm probably going to hit a million followers on social media and that is all because of you guys and I appreciate you guys very much so uh, thank you thank you thank you but now it's time to say goodbye and I'm going to see you guys really soon I'm going to see you guys really soon so I want you to go out I want you to win the day win the week win your life I'll see you guys real soon take care